return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. And I thought, hallelujah. And so uh, we were... We were praising the Lord. Now, he, he believes in Jesus also. So he's a believer. And so he could, when I said, praise God, he could say, amen. <laughs> and I say, God is so good, he could say, amen. And uh, so we thank God for answers, amen, amen. For, uh, for his help, for his protection. Now, we're going to go to 2 Corinthians a second, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. In life, in life, we have... All kinds of experiences, all right? We have events. We have circumstances. We all have things that have happened to us. Maybe things we've, we've done things sacrificially. Things that we've had uh, difficulties, pain, suffering, death. We've had all kinds of things. Not every circumstance turns out like you hope for. In fact, our daughter's circumstance didn't turn out like we hoped for in that we were praying for a miracle when she was six years old, when she got sick and never saw it right away. And uh, prayed and prayed and went through a lot of difficulties. Affected our family for 12 years and so forth. So it didn't go like we planned. However, you have to have your eyes on Jesus. Amen. In life, in life, we live in a fallen world. And because we live in a fallen world, we all face things. Everybody does. And not everything is perfect. In fact, nothing's perfect other than Jesus, all right? So, so when Christ came and to bring salvation, he brought it to people. The world is still fallen, okay? And there's still a devil. So, so and the devil has his permission because of Adam's sin. Adam and Eve had dominion. They gave that dominion away to the devil, and so that brought a fallen world. Romans 5 says that by death, sin entered the world, all right? And, or by, by sin, death entered the world. So, so we face things. But now, because we face stuff, God wants us to overcome stuff, amen? And we can through the help of Jesus, even through difficulties, even things that aren't so good. But it says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort. Now, these are important things. God is a merciful God. We know New Testament-wise, he is good, only good. He only does good things. So even, even when we face crises, it could be a pandemic, but it could be anything. You have to discern who your adversary is, where God is at. God's working in us, amen. And he's a God of all comfort. who comforts us in all our tribulation. That is the posture of God. The posture of God is that no matter what trouble we're going through, he is there to help us. It's a posture, it's a posture to, to help, to minister, to encourage us, all right? He comforts us in all our tribulation, in turn, that we could overcome or, or 
you know, work through those things that we may be able to, that we turn around and comfort others who are in any trouble with the same comfort that we've been given. Now, let's say it another way, that your testimony, your testimony can help somebody else. The world, the world is not a good place. People write things, they say, why do, why do bad things happen to good people? The devil. Why do bad things happen to bad people? The devil. <laughs> you know, we live in a fallen world. We have to understand some of the things here to give us a perspective of how we should believe as Christians, as believers, what is our posture then? His posture is to help us and then us to turn around and to help others. That we would take what happened to us to be a testimony for somebody else. Your life is not meant to be lived. In other words, you, you have a situation happen and now you live the rest of your life in that valley or depression or discouragement or as a victim. God wants us to be a victor through Jesus Christ. Do things hurt sometimes? Yes, they do. Are things painful? Yes, they are. <laughs> Are things unpleasant? Yes, they are. But, but, if our eyes are on Jesus, we can recover ourselves out of any snare of the devil and still go on and live our lives. Are we going to understand everything? The answer is no. And in fact, folks, it's just a, it's just a never-ending trail to try to figure God out. You're never going to figure God out. Well, why didn't he do this? Or why didn't this prayer answer? Why didn't that happen? Never going to figure him out. Your posture always has to be, like we talked last week, this garment of praise. We could never figure out why was our daughter sick with a critical illness? Why did that happen to her? Why couldn't she ever play sports? Why couldn't she ever do anything fun as a child that all the other children did? Never could do any of that. Didn't go outside. Didn't do other, didn't go on hikes, didn't do the things normal kids do. Okay, you're never going to get those answers. So you have to decide, I'm going to go on, and the Holy Spirit, without those things, still is going to comfort us in the middle of that trouble to say that I'm bigger and I'll help you and you can overcome and you still have to go on living your life. Amen? So, so we're talking like overcoming these spiritual battles. And when you, when you say this here, we can comfort others with the comfort that we received. We can tell people, we got through it. You can too. You know, that's why there's support groups of all kinds, not even Christian things, just support groups, to tell people you can make it. Sometimes people think life will never be the same. Well, it won't be the same in some ways, true, but the sun's still going to rise. There's still going to be another Christmas. There's still going to be another event here or there. There's still things to look forward to. Amen? So, so we can comfort one another. We can be healed and we can learn to rejoice in the midst of tribulation and adversity. Amen? Now, the verses then in 2 Corinthians 1, verse 9 and 10. Then it says, we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves but in God who raises the dead. When you go through a crisis, you realize, you know, we kind of, we come to the end of ourselves. We want to do so much, but then you realize, I can't do it. There's nothing I can do in the natural now 
to change maybe a situation. So we come to the end of ourselves, the death of ourselves, that we learn we can't trust ourselves anymore. No, we, all we can do is trust God. All we can do is have our posture this way, trusting the Lord, that he's going to take care of us. No matter what happens. No matter what happens, he's still going to take care of us. Now it says he delivered us, past tense, from so great a death. He does deliver it, present tense. And in whom we trust, he shall still deliver us, future tense. So we can see what he's done. We can see what he's doing. We can have hope for the future that he's going to take care of us and he's going to deliver us. He's going to help us in every need. Amen. So you don't want to get stuck in your past. Write down your notes. Don't get stuck. Don't become like like something happened in some particular year and that's where you're stuck and that's what defines you now. No, we're living in 2020. So you don't want to get stuck in your past. You don't want to get, you don't want, you don't want to live with regret. Amen. You know, so, so sometimes people have to forgive themselves by things that happen. Other times they have to forgive others. Or other times thinking, I, I should have done more, whatever. Well, there's always, there can be regret. Amen. So you don't want to live in regret. All right. I can't change yesterday. I can't change yesterday. Yesterday's already history. I can, I can live today. I can change today. I can make something out of today. The past, the past is forever gone. I can't do anything about 9 o'clock this morning even. We were in here, of course, praising the Lord. But, but you know what I mean? I can't go back one hour. The past is forever gone. The future, though, is still your own. The future. What you do from this moment. So the right now is always in that nanosecond of now. But 15 minutes from now or noontime or whatever, this afternoon, your future is your own. What you do with that now is really up to you and I. I can't change my past events. I can't change my life. I can't do that. Now, you could change relationships. If there's some healing in a relationship, you can work that way. But past events, you can't go backwards. Can't redo it. All right? But you have today. And having today, understand this, having today is very, very important. It's a real gift. Amen? It's the present, as Irv would always say. It's the present. (laughs) Okay. Let's look at something now. Let's look at the anatomy of a spiritual battle. Let's go to Luke 22 a minute. The anatomy of a spiritual battle. Spiritual battles, there's trials. People go through defeats. They go through recoveries. In this particular case, Jesus says to Peter, Satan has asked for you. Now, I think this is insight. Right? When we have the New Testament, first of all, remember Jesus when he was tempted, the 40 days, he's tempted by the devil. And how did he deal with those temptations? He deal, dealt with that with the word of God, right? Remember, even the devil twisted the word, right? And Jesus brought it out into context. So Jesus now is saying to Peter, and they put it in the Bible for us, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you like wheat, he wants to tear your life apart. But I have prayed for you 
that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. When you recover, when you recover, strengthen your brethren. So Jesus points out where spiritual battles come, it's from a demonic realm, all right? Amen? Amen? Okay, we all have thought, we have a brain. Your brain is the most wonderful organ. And in it, you can have thoughts, you can have dreams, imaginations, and so forth, in good ways. And God wants you to use your brain. Turn to someone and say, use your brain. <laughs> But he wants you to use it for good things and good purposes, right? So in this case, you know, Jesus is saying the devil desires that he wants to come and sift you. He wants to destroy your life. He wants to tear you down. This is going to be a spiritual battle. And Jesus said, I prayed for you. Now, when Jesus says, I prayed for you, really, that's intercession, right? Intercession means you're praying on behalf of another person. You're praying for somebody else. You're not praying for you. You're praying for somebody else. Amen. So this is intercession. So Jesus is saying, I have prayed for you. Now he prayed that your faith should not fail. Now Jesus never prayed against the devil. Jesus never prayed against the attack. Because lots of times, folks, let's we all get these thoughts, well, why did this happen to me? Well, if God is who he is, why can't he just intervene and do something? And those are good questions. But on the other hand, he has given to us authority. He has given to us in the world. Now we're in his kingdom and we have authority to stand against the enemy. So Peter, who had followed Jesus for three years now about, all right? So Peter's food followed Jesus, seen Jesus and so forth. And Jesus saying, I didn't pray against the devil. I didn't stop the attack. I didn't say, no, you can't do that. No. Why? Because we live in a fallen world. Let's just say it this way. This, the world in which we live in is a tough place. It's a difficult place. There are pastors. There are pastors in this last year. A number of pastors, think of one hand here, pastors of large churches who killed themselves because of spiritual battles. And these are pastors, not like this church, I mean, they're bigger churches, they're born-again churches, in some cases, spirit-filled churches, and the pastors have killed themselves, okay? Difficult situations. What were they in? They were in a spiritual battle, Right? See, so it doesn't matter who you are to think, well, a pastor can't face something. No, everybody faces something. Somebody said one when I first, when I, uh, second or third year in the cancer diagnosis, and I went through a lot of treatments and different things uh, like that. But someone said, oh, God has to heal you because you're a pastor. <laughs> totally wrong. I said, wrong, <laughs> wrong has nothing to do with what you do in life. has everything to do about your faith in Him. Amen. Amen? So who is your faith in? Where's your trust? Everybody, what I'm telling you is everybody in this room and everybody who hears my voice, and we greet you around the world here watching us, Facebook Live and YouTube and so forth, we all live in this world, a fallen world, and we face spiritual battles. Everybody does. The biggest battlefield up here is between your two ears. 
Not a big, not a big field, but a, but a powerful place. What you think, your thoughts. So Jesus tells Peter, the devil wants to destroy you, wants to sift you like wheat. He told Peter, you're going to deny me three times. Now, Peter felt confident. And Peter felt bold and so forth. Verse 34 says, uh, I tell you, Peter, the rooster won't crow this day before you deny me three times that you know me. And, of course, Peter thought, that's not going to happen. I mean, and even the other disciples, we'll all die with you. So they were confident. You know, there's times in your life you can feel like, I'm just standing. And all the time, I'm always, conf- I'm always aware that I'm going to say, I'm standing, you know, holding on to Jesus and his word. White knuckles, not letting go. So in verse 60 and 62 then, is the case when Peter denied the Lord for the third time. And he says, I don't know what you're saying. And immediately the cock crows for the third time. And uh, a second time, the cock crowed. And the Lord turns and looked at Peter. So there is a, between the courtyard, Jesus, of course, is being pummeled. He's being slapped. He's being spit on. He's being accused, all these things. And when the cock crows the second time and Peter denies the Lord for the third time, there's a turn and a look from a distance. Now, this look isn't, you know, folks, when, if you fail, and folks, all of us have failed. All of us have made mistakes. All of us have faced difficulties. But if you fail, the look of Jesus on you is not a look of disgust. Some people have to get a, a renewed image of a father image, okay? Your God, your father loves you with an everlasting love. And there's nothing actually that you could do to change that love. And so could he be disappointed? Yeah, he could be disappointed. But remember, Jesus already told Peter the whole setup, the whole anatomy of this, what the devil wanted to do. And Jesus looks at Peter. And I think it's a look of love. I think it's a look like, Peter, remember what I said. Remember what I said to you. And so Peter remembers the word of the Lord that he said he was going to deny him three times. And Peter goes out and weeps bitterly. Now, bitterly means, you know, you know how that is. Like, I should have known better. I failed him. I said I wouldn't do it, and I did the very thing that I said I wouldn't do. And so he weeps bitterly. He's upset at himself, as we understand, right? So now you have a choice. You have a choice. Now you can roll around into this defeat. So you, you've had a trial. You've had a defeat. You can roll around in it and so forth. You can say, woe is me. The other disciples, uh, you know, they all fled for fear and so forth. But they might have been together, you know, maybe eating and looking at Peter. And Peter thinking, yeah, I'm the guy who, turned, I'm the guy who denied him. I'm the guy who did those things. So after some days, three days, the Bible says in the book of Mark, chapter 16, let's go there a second. I'm just trying to follow a trail here, all right? But when Jesus rose from the grave, and the angel says to Mary Magdalene, I like it that he appeared to women, and the women brought the message first. He says, don't be alarmed, you seek Jesus of Nazareth, who is crucified. He is risen. I like our little cross and tag, sign here. He's risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. Go and tell the disciples. And there's the specific. Specifically said, go tell the disciples and Peter. 
that he goes before you into Galilee, and there you'll see him. Now, the the importance of that is that this is a word of encouragement. It's a word of encouragement, all right? Because because denial, denial is part of Peter's testimony. All right, that's part of Peter's testimony. Folks, we all have a testimony, right? We all have a testimony. We've all come through some things. But there again, when we look at 2 Corinthians 1, we can encourage others with the same encouragement we've received. We can help others. And so in this case, Jesus, the angel, saying, tell Peter that he's alive, that he's risen. Amen. Now, God gives us words of encouragement, and I believe in the midst of a battle. So Peter's in a battle. Peter's in regret. Peter, Peter is stuck in a place. And so the women come, and they bring this word, and they said, the angel said, and Peter, they said to tell you that he's alive. Now, when someone comes, when you're in a battle, and someone comes, and they want to bring you a word of encouragement, we have a choice. Do I receive it? Or do I reject it? So someone's coming. Peter's in a funk, you know. He, he blew it, everything, you know, all this boisterous stuff. He blew it. He feels condemned. He's ashamed. All the things you can think of. Now someone comes. The women come. Peter, Jesus is alive. And the angel said, tell you about it. Now we can think, oh, sure, that's what you ought to do. And that's what we should do, right? Turn to your neighbor and say, that's what you should do. When you get a word of encouragement. In other words, we have a response. Do we want to stay stuck or do we want to get out of it? In life, you, you, you faced a disappointment. Something hasn't happened. It didn't work out like you prayed. Now a word of encouragement comes. You want to respond to it? Or you just want to, yeah, thanks. Thanks, yeah, thanks a lot. You want, to hang, you want to hang on to regret? You want to stay stuck in your place? Now it's a choice, right? It's a choice. Remember, Peter and John got up and ran to the tomb. They ran toward the Lord. They ran toward the positive thing. Now, we've been in places. We've been in places. We've had bad reports for a lot of our family and stuff. And yet you get a word, and what do you want to do? You want to say, yes, you want to respond to it, right? In other words, in other words if, you, if you've been sick for a long time, and someone comes, and then you get a word like, you know, he's got a word for healing and so forth, and what do you want to do? Yeah, I've already heard that ten times. Thanks. Or do you want to respond? We looked at it this way. When our daughter was sick, when I was sick and so forth, the, today is the day of salvation. So we always want to live in the present. I don't want to be stuck in the past. I don't want to be stuck with the diagnosis. I want to be stuck with the good report. And so if someone says a good report, I want to hang on to it. Amen? Here's one. Here's one. So we're, we're in a place where I went through major surgery and oncology and different things. But in a prayer meeting, before my, before my granddaughter was born, in a ladies' prayer meeting in this church, the word came out that for me, Pastor Dave, Pastor Dave will dance with his granddaughter at her wedding. That's where I had a granddaughter. And I got that, and I just thought, thank you, Jesus. It's like when we got the report, and the Lord immediately said, make plans to have some fun. Looking forward. 
Not staying stuck, not staying in the place, but looking forward. I told my granddaughter, incidentally, I've told her this prophecy and so forth, and I said, do not get married young. Don't get married young. (laughs) Get married late. Take your time. Take your time. All right, go to college, get your degree, take your time, then you can get married later and we'll dance together, you know. But it's, it's something you, you, you hang on to things that what? Peter had to respond to the word of the Lord. Now, in John 21 then, now you know these stories, but Jesus said to Peter three times, feed my sheep. And, and Peter said, you know you love, I, you know I love you, Lord. And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say, when you were younger, you dressed yourself. You went where you wanted to go. And when you're old, you'll stretch forth your hands, and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. Now, people can get all kinds of things out of this, like, well, the Lord's telling him he's going to be handcuffed and whipped and thrown, you know, all this. The Lord's telling him about lordship, that now, as, now in life, when I'm in control of your life, Lord, when you put your trust in me, then it's said you're going to stretch out your hands and I'll carry you places where you never dreamed possible. I'll do things you never thought possible. And that's the kind of God we serve. So God is saying to Peter, Jesus is saying, okay, Peter just denied him days earlier. And now... You know, Jesus is saying, I'm going to take you places you never dreamed of. And indeed, just days later, the day of Pentecost, which is actually next Sunday, but Peter stands up in front of thousands of people proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ, a place he would have never thought that he would be in the natural. But God, you know, led him to that place. In the natural, he wouldn't do that, but in the supernatural, he did do it. All right. Let's go to Romans chapter 8 a second. Jesus interceded for Peter. Now, you must know today that Jesus is praying for you. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 5, I don't think this isn't on there, but 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, it says there's one God and one mediator between God and man, and that's the man Christ Jesus. So Jesus is a mediator for us, right? It's not some person. It's not a dead relative. It's not Mary. It's not somebody else you pray to. It's not an angel. It's Jesus Christ. He's the one that paid the price for us. So Jesus is the mediator between God and us, right? And that's the whole thing about the New Testament. Now we live in this New Testament. So we don't see the judgment of God, like some people would say, uh, but we see the goodness of God. All right, Acts cha- or Romans chapter 8 then. The Spirit helps our weaknesses. I'm very weak. I'm very aware how weak I am. We don't know what we should pray for as we ought. And a lot of times we don't, but the Holy Spirit knows. Isn't that right? The Holy Spirit knows. He knows everything about every situation. Even if I'm praying for a family member, I can pray as much as I know for a family member. But I know them in part. Jeannie and I, we've been married for 44 years, but I still only know her in part. God knows her perfectly. Knows every thought she has. Or my children or grandchildren and so forth. So the Holy Ghost knows how we should pray. 
And that's the whole thing about having a prayer language, having a prayer language in the spirit, because we can pray not always aware of the specifics, but aware that we're praying for someone else. We're making intercession. The spirit is making intercession through us. So we don't know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered or spoken or understood and so forth like that. So the Holy Spirit, even as we're praying here then, the Holy Spirit is praying through us, for us, helping us in the spiritual battles that we face. And what would be the big thing that God would want? Just thinking in a general sense, we're facing a battle what is the, what's probably the biggest thing he wants for us, and that is that our eyes would be on him. Not on our circumstances, right? People get bad reports, and you know what most people do the first time they get a bad report? Google. What does it say? What's all the bad, what's all the bad news about it, you know? And they find all the bad about something. Yeah, I had doctors tell me, I had doctors tell me to my face, Dave, don't Google. Don't, don't look at all the things like that. I said, I agree. Keep your eyes, keep your, keep your focus on Jesus. You're going to go, everybody's going to face issues, all right? Amen? The enemy doesn't like people. So the key is, when Jesus prayed for Peter, he prayed for his faith. He prayed that his faith would not falter. Right? What's the key in any battle? Our faith. Who is our faith in? What do we believe? What are we trusting? Where are we, what are we standing on? So our eyes on Jesus Christ, Jesus prayed for Peter's faith. I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail. The Holy Spirit will make intercession in us in the same way that our faith toward God would be strong. That in whatever situation we face... You can make it. Amen? You can make it. When I got off the phone and getting a report of cancer and so forth, they're very blunt. You know, Dave, you got cancer. We got to see you right away. You know, they don't mix words. You having a nice day, Dave? I want to ruin it. No, they don't mix any words. They're just very blunt. They just tell you what they want to tell you. All right? And so, so... What's the first response? My first response is I'm sitting, I was sitting by my computer when I got the call, but my first response is to look up. You know, lots of people, lots of people scream, shout, do all kinds of things, get bad, ah, get bad news, it's over. No, no. Your response wants to be, well, even if you do scream and shout, you want to bring it back, reel it back, reel back your emotions, your senses, your flesh, and direct your eyes to your answer. My help is in the name of the Lord. My help comes from the Lord. He is my strength. He is my shield. He is my high tower. Proverbs says the righteous run into that name of the Lord. So the Holy Spirit is praying for us in this time of a crisis and so forth. And so uh, uh, we don't know what we should pray. makes intercession for us. He searches the hearts, knows what is the mind of the Spirit. He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now here, if you know the Bible, then you know the will of God is good. For many people, if, if they're confused and they say, well, maybe his will is cancer. Well, maybe his will is 
this sickness. Maybe his will was divorce. Maybe his will was, you know, that I didn't get into school or didn't do this or that or whatever it might be. If you know his will, his word is his will. We live in a new covenant. If you know his will, then you know his will is good. So that he's interceding for you and I. Now think about it. This very minute, this very minute, Jesus is praying for you. At this very moment in time, right now, Jesus is praying for you. You know, people love getting in prayer lines and, oh, they're going to get the prayer, they're going to get the prayer for the anointed minister and so forth, the man or woman of God. It's like, yeah, but Jesus is praying for you. It's a revelation that has to come, New Testament now, that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is at the right hand of the Father, and He's praying for you and I. And when we pray in the Holy Ghost, we are coming into agreement with those prayers. And God can align my vision to get them off of me and off my problem or off maybe somebody else and get them on Him who is my answer. Amen? Amen? So into this situation, we come to verse 28. Then it says, we know that all things work together for good to them who love God, to those who are calling according to his purpose. So into this situation comes verse 28. And folks, many people, who they're Bible scholars, they, they, they prove right away they're not a scholar because they don't look what's before the verse and they don't look what's behind the verse, the context of the verse. Because if we're praying according to the will of God, all these things are good. They're all good. You can't take a verse out of the Bible. Let's just isolate it. Let's put it in a picture frame. And now those things are all the tragedies and the problem. And you know, of course, that's when this verse is always quoted. Someone's got cancer. Well, someone's house burned down. Well, there's a storm coming. There's a pandemic. All things work together. And that's when they quote it. They never quote it when there's something good. Isn't that something? There's a breakthrough. All things work together for going. And they never quote it then. This verse is always quoted in the negative context. And then the Bible is 100% in the positive context. So you can see where the devil's at. The devil will take the word and misquote it. And if you don't discern the context, you'll miss the point. So most people, 99.9% that you hear in Christian TV or radio, they're quoting it in the negative. And this is in the positive. These things, praying in the Holy Ghost, working all things together for good, you know, for us, for us, everything God is doing for us. Amen. Amen. Those who love him, those who call according to his purpose. Well, New Testament, what is his purpose? The purpose is that we bring glory to him. The purpose is that we recover ourselves out of the snares of the devil. The purpose is that we keep walking in victory. If we fall, if we stumble, get back up. The whole point isn't that you live a perfect life because it's not possible. The whole point is just keeping your eyes on Jesus and keep running after him. And to finish strong. In the meantime in life, you might face a pothole here or there. You might face all kinds of things. But the point is finishing strong for Jesus. Go to the next verse then. In verse, uh, verse 34. So verse 34, all the context here. Christ died, is risen. He's at the right hand of the Father. He makes intercession for us. 
Jesus is praying like he prayed for Peter. Jesus is praying for us. Have faith. Have trust in me. And the mistake a lot of times, we pray in the Holy Ghost and so forth, but the mistake a lot of times is we're asking God to do things that he said, not my responsibility, it's yours. Follow context. Amen? Follow context. Follow that. That's where, we're, that's where we see things. Amen? So he's saying, I'm, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. I'm going to pray. He's praying for us. Paul's got that revelation. Amen? Praying that our faith would be strong. Hebrews 7. Hebrews 7 then. Same token. He has an unchangeable priesthood. Jesus Christ the righteous. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. He's able to save people to the uttermost who come to God through him. Remember, there's one path. There's one way. No one can come unto the Father but through Jesus Christ. And he always lives to make intercession for them, for us. Jesus now, he's finished the work at Calvary. It's finished. He's already won the victory over sin, sickness, and death. He's already won the victory over that. So now he's at the right hand of the Father praying for us that we could walk in this word. Walk in the New Testament. In the natural, I can't. But with this Holy Spirit, I can. Amen? With this Holy Spirit, I can do this. It's like being in radiation oncology and you've got to sit, you're tattooed and so forth and and it's very fine, and this machine is moving over you, sending radiation into your body. And they'll give you every negative report you could possibly think of, what it's going to do in the inside of you. And all our report was is that every cancer cell will be dead in the name of Jesus. Every healthy cell will live in the name of Jesus. And I'm on this table, 35 treatments, trips to Sioux Falls, laying at a table. And one day they're saying, Dave, Dave, you've you got these headphones on. I'm listening to Christian music. I'm praying in tongues. They say, you gotta, you, you're moving. Can't move. Not, not even, they don't want you to move a millimeter. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was just praising God. Yeah, we know you are. So, we know you are. That's what we do. Every day we kind of praise God. The doctor, every week you'd have a visit with the cancer doctor. Every week, this, she would, she, specialist and so forth, she says, how you doing? How, how you doing? I said, how am I supposed to be doing? <laughs> well, she said, you know, some people want to give up. Some people want to throw in the towel. They don't want to fight. They, you know, they, life is negative. They're depressed and so forth. I said, oh, no, not any of those. She looked at me, and this was the first visit, and every visit after that was this way where we were praising God, to understand I'm not there. My eyes are on Jesus Christ. He's my healer. He's my hope. Thank you for what you're doing. But our trust is in the Lord. And that's, folks, where, where when you look at things, understanding Jesus is is praying for you, and all we're doing is coming into a line with what he's saying. Amen. Now, listen, we can't go to next week. We can't go to next month or next year because the devil will try to get us out where we shouldn't be. Today is the day of salvation. All I can do is live today. Appropriate faith today. I'm not into tomorrow yet. But what about tomorrow? And this is going to happen and this is going to happen. Not in tomorrow. Live today. Have your eyes on Jesus today. Turn to, turn to someone and say, don't get ahead of yourself. Don't get ahead of yourself. Keep your eyes on Jesus today. Amen. 
Hebrews 9, verse 24. Here's another one. Christ entered the holy place for us into the heavens itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. So Jesus is going into the court of heaven. It's like a courtroom. And we have, we have a testimony in this courtroom. There's a judge. There's an accuser of the brethren, the devil. There's Jesus Christ, who's our advocate, who's on our side. And you're the person, and I'm the person, that's, so to speak, on trial. We're in the spiritual battle. So the devil will accuse the brethren. Jesus will stand up for us. Amen. An advocate is a person who speaks and writes in support of defense of another person. He pleads on the behalf for another person, like an intercessor, but especially pleading the, uh, the cause of another in a court of law before a judge, an advocate. And so now we're in this place, and so we're praying in tongues and so forth. The devil's the spiritual battle. Jesus is for us, God the Father and so forth. And it comes up, what are you going to say? What are you and I? What, what's going to come out of my mouth? Which relates to last week. That he puts on us, puts, uh, wants us to wear a garment of praise. So what's going to come out of my mouth? Does what come out like, well, woe is me, boy. I'm just a loser. I'm just a loser. My life sucks. This is bad. I've got sick. I'll probably die. I'll probably this and that. Nothing's good's happening and so forth. Devil said, you heard it. You heard it. That's what he's going to get. Depression. You heard it. You heard it out of his mouth. That's what he's got. Jesus can sit there. Can't do anything for you. I can't. Jesus cannot override your mouth, your will, your choice. He cannot do that. He gave mankind a choice. But on the other hand, if we stand up and say, I'm going to praise God. Devil will say, you're guilty. I know I'm guilty, but thank God for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. So you have an advocate who stands for you and I. Amen? Amen. 1, John 1, 1 John 2, verse 1. Let's close with this. If anyone sins, if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father. Someone who's on our side, pleads our case. I died for their sins. I I. I gave my life for their life, and now we have a choice. And folks, in the spiritual battles of life, like Peter got stuck, but he recovered. We've been in a lot of places, but we recovered. Life, life for us hasn't gone the way we thought it all go. Life is not like a Hollywood story, like, an, oh, it was just a perfect life, and forever after, everything's perfect. Life is not that way. That's not that way. We live in a fallen world. But with Jesus, you can live in victory. With Jesus, you can have victory today. And that's the key, today. Don't don't go out there now, just say today. Thank you, Jesus, for this day. Thank you for life today. Thank you for what you're doing today. And those days will turn into weeks and months and years. And you'll look back and think, wow, where'd the time go? God is good. Folks, God is good. He's praying for you right now. Praying for every one of you right now. It's going to close here. You got something? And he's on your side. 
Now understand this. There's nothing you can do to get him off your side. He's on your side. New Testament. He cares about you. And if you do something bad, folks, sometimes people think this way. I did something bad. Okay, well, of course, now the next week, all this, i got to pay like penance. No, no, he's not that way. God's not causing something bad now because you did something bad. Not that way. He's on your so us, side. Lord. Thank you, Lord. Two things. Well, this is just so good. How, how many? This has changed lives. This word is so good. So when Pastor Dave started out, he said that God is positioned to help us. Amen? Amen. But that word inclined from that psalm, it literally means when God inclines his ear to us, yeah. it means he bows over. Can you imagine? God bowing mm. over mm. to listen to yeah. us. Yeah. So he's leaning over. But these scriptures in Romans 8, I want to fast forward here to what we've learned today. I want to reread it because if, if any of you are like me, I need it repeated and uh, rehearsed. And so back to Romans 8, and it's verse uh, 26 and 27. Verse 26. So I'm going to, I'm paraphrasing here in my words. The Spirit helps our weaknesses. Yes. The Spirit makes intercession for us. Yes. Verse 27. The Spirit searches our hearts. The Spirit prays for the saints. Yes. According to the will of God. The will of God. Verse 28. Therefore. Can everyone say therefore? Therefore. Therefore. All these things that I just said. All things. Mm-hmm. The Spirit praying. The Spirit making intercession. Yes. The Spirit knowing the will of God. The yes. Spirit praying according to the will of God. All yes. these things. That's right. Let's say these things. These things. All these things, say the, the rest, no. work together yeah. for good. good. It's these things yes. that work together for good. Hallelujah. And not all the other lists that that's was right. has, that's been misconstrued throughout the world, through the whole body of Christ. So our minds are renewed today. Amen. Amen. Today we've received revelation knowledge. Yes. And all these things that all go back to the Holy Spirit, the will of God, and the Word of God, mm. all these things, Amen. shout it out again, these, these things, things, they work together for good because we love the Lord. Amen. 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 So let me reference, open your Bibles to Psalm 40. Let me stay, uh, this is good. You, she referenced this verse, and I kind of alluded to it, but Psalm 40. This is, this is very good. And it, it just, just stay with me for a few minutes here. Here's, here's a few verses. When you get it, say amen. Psalm 40. Okay. I waited patiently for the Lord. How did I wait? Patiently. I waited patiently. Yeah. Not, not, you know, patiently means I'm going to wait for as long as it takes. Could okay. be years, but I'm going to wait on the Lord. Yes. All right. I, and it says, he inclined unto me. And that's what Pastor Jeannie's just saying. He inclines, gets his ear down there. He inclines unto over. me. He hears my cry, and he brought me up also out of a horrible pit. There you go. I've got written right in here, yeah. October 1985, when Angela faced her situations. This was another verse. Yeah. He brought us up out of a horrible pit. He always brings us pit, up. Out of the miry clay. The miry clay means you feel like you're stuck. Yeah. If you're a South Dakota person, Western South Dakota, call it gumbo. Gumbo. You think you're sinking. Lowell would know what gumbo is. <laughs> So, so he brings us up out of the miry clay, set our feet on the rock, on the rock of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And notice what verse 3 says. He put a new song 
in my mouth, even praise unto, God, unto my God. So he put a song. If he puts a song, we've got to sing it. And it says, even, even, it says, many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Many shall see it and fear, trust like, wow, look at what God can do. Amen. God is for you. Amen. God is on your side. God is with you. God cares about your life. And I want you to lift, lift your hands a second because our posture is always this way. It's a place of surrender. It's a place of trust. It's a place where it says, Lord, without you, I can do nothing. But with you, I can do all things. It's a place where we just say, I need you, Jesus. I trust you today, Lord God. I thank you for the Holy Spirit. I thank you for being able to pray in the Spirit. I thank you for helping me in my life so that I may walk in victory today. Today. Say today. Lord, thank you for this day of victory. Thank you, Lord, for, for lifting me up. Hallelujah. Thank you for your help, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your words of encouragement. And we say yes to you. Thank you, Lord God. In Jesus' name, I thank you for blessing people here, blessing people who listen online and so forth around the world. I thank you for your blessing, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. We bless you, those that have watched. You can always hit the share button, be an evangelist, share it, give it to some, pass it on to somebody else, send it to a friend, encourage their hearts. Amen. God bless you. Let's stand up. Let's, let's uh, uh, give someone a wave. Amen. Bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.